when you go into these neighborhoods, man, you gotta have your stuff all together, man. You gotta have your attitude and your whole trip down, man. You know, everybody throws their bad looks at you, you know? Man. I feel like we should go eat tacos now or something. <laughs> Want me to teach you some Spanish words, man? Okay. Okay. But like when you see a real good friend, you know, like say, Hey, pendejo, how you doing? Try it. Hey, pendejo, how you doing? Yeah, that's close enough. Man. What does that mean? Oh, that means uh, my real good friend. Bendek? Ben? How's that again? Bendeco, man. Bendeco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, didn't say uh, bend over, Bendeco. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Get down on your knees and kiss this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. That was pleasant, Wackerly. What's going jingle. on there? Is this your jingle? It's my new jingle. How's it going? How was the weekend? Uh, well, I was at a party that you were DJing at or spinning. What's this difference now? Spinning, DJing? I think spinning. If you're if you're hip, you say spinning, okay. and if you're like over forty, you they're say DJing. Synonymous. But they're basically the same thing. You weren't scratching. And you weren't I, emceeing. Yeah, I wasn't emceeing. I wasn't scratching. I was just spinning at okay. a party. But no, my sister's uh, best friend, nice girl, Rosanna. She, was her was her thirtieth birthday? I'm not sure. I'm not going to talk about her age, but no. I, I, it was. I think it was her birthday. But what? I, I think it was her thirtieth birthday. But anyway, um, her uh, boyfriend had a surprise party over at our buddy's bar, and uh, they wanted me to DJ it. And it was actually kind of difficult to DJ there, being that there was like probably. 50 Persian dudes like <laughs> up in that small little area because it's like an upstairs area. Yeah, I tried area. to go up there where the DJ, whatever, it's not a booth, but where you were DJing from. I'm DJing in the, le- top, the upper left corner. And I got to the, yeah, balcony. I got to the top of the stairs and I'm like, it's fucking crowded and I don't know any of these people. I'm not going to like go pack myself into the corner with D. Simon. Dude, I thought I was at like fucking Ahmadinejad's wedding or something. It was just like all Persian dudes <laughs> and it was just packed. I couldn't even get through to go get a drink. Yeah, and there weren't any Persian ladies. No, there are no Persian. It was nice. just all Persian dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're What's all sitting around waiting for the uh, 50 virgins. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's going the on. 50 raisins. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, I mean, it was kind of a fun night, a very ethnic night. And it's yeah. been a while since I've had like a very ethnic night in San Francisco. Not that, you know, we only hang out with white people. No. Which we don't. But mostly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, most of my friends, I, I'd say, are Caucasian. I mean, I don't even know that many Jews. But, but yeah, I was thinking... Well, I mean, your whole clan is out here, but that's all family. Yeah, I, I don't know that There's many Jewish Jews. friends. There's some Jews. I guess we hang out with that one Jewish girl. Hot. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so it was a very ethnic night. So there's this party with a bunch of Persians. And then afterwards, we kind of parted ways. So I, was finishing, I finished DJing probably around like 2.30, packed yeah. up my stuff. Yeah, I ended and then, up going to the one of those Persians condos. Yeah, like not I by was, myself, like with a bunch of group of people. And I didn't even I didn't know they I while we were at the party, I didn't realize they were Persian. And then we end up at this condo. I'm like, what the fuck's up with all these Persians? Whose party was it? One of those Persian guys. I didn't get any of their names. 
Was it just you and a bunch of Persian guys and like no, a caravan? No, like Van brought some girls <laughs> on back a camel? to the party, <laughs> and then me and uh, the birthday girl and your sister and her boyfriend and like maybe a couple other girls. And that and one guy that no one knew. Dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kept cornering. There's me. always one guy that just kind of tags along that no one knows, and then you're so drunk you don't realize they get to the party, and then you're like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly what happened. I think that's what my sister said like five times right. to the guy. And I end up always end up being the one that they want to like chew my fucking ear off with like their nonsense because I don't. I need to take lessons from your sister and just be like, "Who the fuck are you?" and stop it, talking to me. Yeah, you need to be rude. Yeah, that's what she does. No, you guys just split like uh, rather suddenly, and I was just kind of packing up my stuff. I'm like, "Where'd they, th- those guys go?" And everyone's like, "Oh, they went to this uh, party up the street." I didn't realize it was a Persian party. Yeah, well, neither did I. <laughs> yeah. Like so, I said, I got in the I got in the car. At one point, I had this choice to go with you and all your DJ equipment and the guys who were picking you up and Sleazy E, and then in the car with like all these girls and your sister, who's not a girl to me. But and I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going just this way. Something in between. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, you guys took off, and I was thinking, well, you know, I'll call these guys and we can go meet them at the party once I'm finished packing up my you know the car with all my equipment. And then like, yeah, my friend showed up and was like, dude, there's an after hours spot going on. Let's go there instead. Uh huh. It was me and uh, one of uh, Sleazy's friends were like, all right, well, let's go. I'm down for hanging out. So we end up going to this party. And once again, the night even gets more ethnically diverse. <laughs> and so we go to this party. It's a diverse world. Yeah, we, we go to this party. And I know San Francisco is, you know, it's a very uh, diverse city. It has many different ethnic. It's a very, it's a cultural melting pot here. Mm, yeah, mostly Asian people. <laughs> mostly Asian. But <laughs> mostly I mean, this, this was a night, though, that, uh, you know, I, I hung out with a lot of different races. And so we go to this party. It was a penthouse suite at, at uh, some hotel downtown. And I was thinking, wow, this is kind of a cool place. Didn't know anybody there. We go there. It was some guy's birthday party, and his friends rented him this penthouse suite. And so we get upstairs. How come you never rent me a penthouse suite on my birthday? Yeah, I just don't like you that much. <laughs> I'll get you a Mel Gibson book. I have a great Mel Gibson book this uh, year. I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we go upstairs, and uh, you know, but I, I knew one guy that took us to the party. And as soon as we get in there, he disappears. And so me and uh, you know, my friend Serge are just kind of standing there like, well, what's going on? This is interesting. Uh-huh. And uh, we're looking around, and there's like, like three meathead dudes, just big muscle guys. Uh-huh. And uh, then there's they, like when you say when you say meathead, I think of guys in like gym shorts and. Uh... No, these guys were like big muscle bound, like affliction shirt wearing, like UFC fighter looking guys. Okay. Like there were like three of these dudes. One of them was sitting on a table getting a lap dance by a girl in a thong and just no shirt on. She just had her big fake titties out. And I was thinking, wow, this is an interesting party. So there's like eight dudes. So that doesn't sound like a normal girl. That sounds like a stripper. I think, I, I think she, I, yeah, I think she was definitely a stripper. So there were like three strippers there and then like four Russian hookers. <laughs> that were walking around and i was yeah. trying to th- see the difference you could tell like the, the russian hookers they weren't unclothed and wearing g-strings they're still you know wearing like kind of sexy lingerie right. type outfits well they don't want to you know reveal the merchandise until you pay but they had to have been hookers i didn't ask them if they were hookers i found out after the fact that they were indeed <laughs> hookers but it was funny to walk into a party where you're completely unwanted and that's what i thought was weird like Does- that happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, when's the last time? See, if you go to a party and there's like 30 people, you can kind of blend into the crowd. It doesn't really matter. We yeah, go to this right. party and there's like eight dudes there that we don't know. 
And uh, four of them are like these big dudes getting lap dances. And then there's like four of these shady Mexican guys cutting up a mound of blow on the table. <laughs> and they're all... As like as, Richard Dreyfuss and Close Encounters of the Third Kind <laughs> making a mountain out of it? Just a mountain. I mean, no, this is more like Al Pacino and Scarface. Okay, it was just this big mound of blow. Yeah. And they're, he they was kinda, Cuban in that movie, though. Yeah, he was Cuban. He was a Mexican. <laughs> but they kind of look up at me and my friend, and we're kind of standing there like, well, I guess... Um, we're we're here. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> you know, my name's D. It's not, nice to meet you, uh, fellows. Um, D D E A man D E A. And then they pull out their gat. <laughs> Jose, uh, just D. It? It's just, <laughs> it's D. just D. No E A on the end of it. And so we're we're kind of standing there, and our friend that took us to the party just disappeared. And it's just all of a sudden we we realize like, wow, you know, this is like a hooker blow party, and we're totally not invited. And one one of the we muscle bound contributed any blow or hookers or money to the hookers. Yeah, and we're dudes, and yeah. you know they didn't. There, I think there's an even number of girls for the amount of dudes that were there. And I until think, you showed up, until we showed up, <laughs> and so one of the big guys, one of the meatheads, comes up and was like, "Who the fuck are you?" And I was like, um, "Hi, my name's D. How are you doing? Please don't hurt me. Um, we're we're here for um, we we know this guy. Who's that?" And I was like, um, we can go. <laughs> you know, that's cool. He's just like, and he kind of shakes his head. He's like, oh, great. More fucking dudes. Right. And he walks Sounds away. Sounds like he's kind of roided up. He was, a little too much aggression. Well, too much blow. Like those dudes, well, when both. they do blow, they kind of fucking lose, their, lose their, right. their, their shit. Yeah, sure. And the Mexican guys were just kind of staring at us like, who the fuck are these dudes? We're about to slit their throats. <laughs> and, and those, you know, it's like when you see Mexicans, you can kind of see like the cherubic type of like Jose Mexican with the burrow and the mission, you know, selling burritos or something. And then there's or like the street the, hot dogs. Yeah. And then there's the shady drug cartel Mexicans. Yeah. You know, that, they're uh, scary. and they're scary. And, and they've these, got like a crown of thorns tattooed on their shaved head. Yeah. On their shaved head. Or they got like slick back hair and you're just kind of sitting there covered in tattoos, staring at you. Just like, what are you looking at? Yeah. Why are you here? Meat so, mugging. Yeah, well, we're there for about five whatever minutes. Whatever the Spanish equivalent of meat mugging is. Well, we were there for about five minutes, and we're like, well, let's get the fuck out of here. So we start walking towards the door, and our friend that brought us to the party is like, ah, oh, dude, it's totally cool. Everyone <laughs> wants you here. Just hang out. It's totally cool. And so I was like, all right. And he gives us a beer. So we start drinking the beer, and it must probably maybe five minutes go by, six minutes go by. And the one dude, the meathead that that said who the fuck are you he comes out he stands right where like right in front of me and my friend and the, and the guy that invites the party he was just like all right time for all dudes to go now <laughs> he just boot, he just booted us and i was like dude you don't have to tell me twice yeah i'm getting the fuck out of here thank you actually and, i've been meaning to leave for the past five minutes yeah and so my friend uh sergi that we were with was just like okay well uh take care it's nice meeting you have fun at the orgy don't get aids <laughs> <laughs> and we heard as we were leaving, one of the girls, I don't know if she was a stripper or whatever, was like, orgy? What orgy? <laughs> and then the door shut. <laughs> it's like that movie Donkey Punch. Something was going that. to happen that night. I yeah. don't know. But yeah, it was weird because it was like the most unwanted I think I've ever been at a party. Very, very awkward. Yeah. Sounds bad. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable. So your friend told you, Oh, it's cool, everybody does want you here, and then the meathead came and said, Get the fuck out, were you like, See dude? <laughs> and, and I said that to him as we were leaving. He I was, was just right. like, Why I'm would right. you bring us here? He's like, Well, there are chicks and blow. I was like, Did you get any blow? He's like, No. <laughs> Did you get any chicks? No. I was like, Okay. I'm never going to a party with you I again. Rest my case. I mean, dude, seriously. Mexican drug cartel. We could have been like, what, you've heard what those people do. 
Yeah, actually, and I'm glad you uh, brought up this intro because I've been trying to get you to do this intro story for a long well, time. Well, we've been, we've been talking about it for a while, and yeah. I, I know a lot of people have it's been... It's flaring up down in Mexico, the well, drug wars. Have you heard about that? What's interesting to me about it is there's a, lot, I mean, there's a lot of news, and only occasionally we'll see headlines here in the U.S. about what's going on down That's there. right, yeah. Like, every now and then you'll hear about, like, some dudes that go into a disco, disco and roll some, like, the heads, decapitated heads of the rival drug cartel members, like, yeah, down like the floor. Yeah, balls. <laughs> I mean, dude, they'll do that to a, They'll go and shoot up a police station and decapitate all them. I mean, these people are completely insane. They're more or the drug. It's like the drug uh, cartels are more organized and less corrupt than the police. Meaning, and when I say less corrupt, obviously they're criminals, but like at least they sort of have like a sense of honor to their purpose. Where the cops will just go either way, whoever will bribe them or whoever will give them more money. Exactly. Yeah. But but right now it's it's there's a turf war going on, and it's going on in all. It's kind of going on. It started in these border towns like Tijuana. Or uh, what's that one that's right over by Texas down there? Juarez? Uh, yeah, Juarez. And, uh, but now it's kind of spilling into the U.S. And so that's kind of where this segue is going with this story that I was reading. It says, as government officials, U.S. government officials fear, the drug violence ranging in Mexico is spilling over into the U.S. And they've noticed that there's been a spike in killings, kidnappings, and home invasions connected to Mexico's murderous cartels. And this is happening like, you know, not only in border towns, but like Phoenix and Atlanta. And Atlanta's not even close to Mexico. No, I guess they could come right across the Gulf of Mexico. And dude, these people are ruthless. Phoenix isn't really close to Mexico either. I mean, it's like three hours away from the border. Yeah, but I mean, Atlanta's all the way across the country. It's on the east, you know, the east coast. So, I mean, people, uh, government officials have been investigating this, and they said that the, the Mexican cartels are believed to have set up drug dealing operations all over the U.S., even in places such as Anchorage, Alaska, Boston, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Well, drug, I didn't think they the had thing, Mexicans drug, in it. But in, drugs are expensive in the U.S., so it's like, do you want to sell you know, your cocaine for, for 17 pesos a gram in you know, Mexico City or... or you know, dry, boat it up to uh, Anchorage and sell it for, you know, 100 times that. What do you think the Eskimos think of that? The Eskimos are kind of like snow Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they kind of? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went up there. The, the Eskimos are really all about the booze, the fire water. So you don't think the snow Mexicans are upset that the real Mexicans are coming in there? They might, they're probably upset, yeah. I would think they're upset. But they're kind of surly people anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I imagine if they're bringing tequila, then the snow Mexicans are like, oh, okay, you can like come up here. They also like to huff a lot of gas. <laughs> well, so they say the violence takes many forms. Drug customers who owe money are kidnapped until they pay up. I guess kidnappings are quite common. Carto so that implies that they're giving people drugs on credit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, you pay me next week, man. That's okay. I might cut your feet off if you don't have the money. Well, you wonder like what stage it is. It's like you know, there's the street drug dealer, and then there's like the mini boss, and the mini boss. Oh, after so you're that. saying like so a middle one man guy buys a bunch of drugs and, and doesn't pay gets up. ripped okay. off by some right. guy, and he gets and he gets kidnapped. Yeah, sure. And they say cartel employees who don't deliver the goods or turn over the profits are disciplined through beatings, kidnappings, or worse. Uh, drug smugglers even kidnap illegal immigrants in clashes with human smugglers over the use of secret routes to Mexico <laughs> and from Mexico. So it, it's kind of insane. I mean, so far, the violence is nowhere near as grisly as the mayhem in Mexico, uh, which has witnessed beheadings, assassinations of police officers and soldiers, and mass killings in which the bodies were arranged to send a message. 
I mean, they said the rusty. Like they spell something out in the street with bodies. With bodies, <laughs> yeah, in in Spanish. And uh, this guy right here, one of the best names for a drug enforcement agent I've ever heard, Rusty Payne. Rusty Payne, a, a DEA agent, said, "When you're willing to chop heads off, put them in an ice chest, and drop them off at a police precinct, or roll a head into a disco, or put beheadings on YouTube as a warning, very little is off limits." Now, YouTube's taken down some of your videos, <laughs> so, so the, but they're leaving the drug cartel videos up? That just seems wrong. I think there's a little, like, uh, payola. payola going on here. I don't know. But, 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 what, but what I'm getting at here, these people are ruthless. And you came up, you, you said you did a little investigation on your, your part well, here. Well, it wasn't actually even an investigation. I have a new favorite, or one of my favorite blogs, <laughs> out of all the blogs that I like, uh... It's actually, and funnily enough, because you were talking about Russian whores before, it's, it's, I think it's run by like Russian expatriates who now live in the United States. It's called exiledonline.com. But they have lots of different bloggers there. So exiledonline.com. Uh, yeah, I'll put a link to it up if I'm not feeling too lazy later. Um, but one of, the, one of the posters, and it, actually he just started, he's only done two posts, but I found them extremely interesting and pertinent to our conversation. Uh, his name's Poncho Montana. I'm going to assume that's his real name. I, is, I that like a me- is that like a Mexican porn star name? Like Mexican soap opera? It could be, but it also could very well be his real name. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he is Mexican. Pancho um, Montana. So he's basically, what they call him is the uh, special Mexican war on drugs correspondent. Uh, he lives in Monterrey, Nuevo Leon, uh, which is located in northern Mexico. Does he work for the feds? No, he's just some guy. Oh, he's just some guy that's he's a correspondent a blog- to XL Online. He's oh, okay. a blogger. That's, that's is he in the drug cartel? He does drugs, I think, is his connection, and he's willing to write about it, which is, you know, as we're talking about, it might be kind of a scary prospect if, if somebody finds out that he's you know, spilling the beans. Exactly. You know, does, intended. Well, he's probably not going to spit. I'm sure he's not, like, wearing a bee suit and going and getting drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Interviewing the drug dealers in a bee suit. Oy, 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 mi cabeza. So apparently this is Gulf Cartel territory. That's the cartel who's in control around where he lives. And uh, So wait, that's in Monterey, Mexico. Monterey, Mexico. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, but the, the first posting is kind of about how just the basic drug trade is, is sort of conducted in, in where he lives in Mexico, meaning like even if you want drugs where you buy them, where you can get them cheap, how the cops... Um, what do they do? I mean, do they have dealers? That, I mean, there's drugs everywhere, obviously. There's drugs they're everywhere. But, but, but what he's focusing in on are these uh, tienditas, which are just little stores that just sell drugs. Like he says, sometimes they put an effort into making it look like, you know, maybe they have a soda on sale, but an nobody's air buying. air of legitimacy. Yeah, yeah. But, but really, like you said, you know, the cops are, are just on the take, and all you do is you pay the cops off, and they don't fuck with you. But, um, but when you go to these... Tienditas. Can you buy like a gram of cocaine? Yeah. Can you buy heroin? It's coke. No, no heroin. I don't think it's coke, crack, and sometimes they have like really shitty weed. He says that uh, I don't buy a lot of coke, but uh, maybe this will impress somebody. He says a half gram of the coke or crack that they sell is eight dollars and fifty cents U.S. dollars. Damn, I'm moving to Mexico. <laughs> um, it used to be seven dollars, but the drug dealers upped the price a dollar fifty because, like, who's gonna fucking complain? Dude. First of all, it's a dollar fifty. Second of all, it's just you know they're the cartel; they do what the fuck they want. So a half gram of coke is seven dollars. It's eight fifty now. It eight fifty seven. Did you? You'd pay at least 
a pair. And you couldn't just walk into a store and get it. I think that's more to the point, right? No, I mean, seriously, it's like, yeah, it's it's like you're going to a 7-Eleven here. Yeah, except they don't have Slurpees or anything else. (laughs) They just have cocaine. It's perfect. (laughs) If you went to buy the one soda that they have there for a front, they would be like, hey, man, don't not buy that. that. I have to go get another one. Um, he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, who works at these places. He says they're, it's like up and coming, you know, thugs for the cartel. This might be like your first thing that you do to prove yourself. Because these are like first tier thugs. Right. Once you're entering into the cartel. Right. But it's kind of risky, right? Because there's different cartels and you're sitting there, you're kind of like a fucking sitting duck, right? If, if the, of another cartel, you know, an enemy of the cartel who's running the store that you're working at wants to, you know, make a statement. You're just standing there behind the fucking counter. So, I mean, do these places get robbed or shot up all the time? I think it happens once in a, once in a while. They usually have like spotters for the cops or whatever the federales are called down there. I guess they're called federales. He said sometimes they carry pistols, sometimes just a phone where they'll call in like the people, you know, the heat. Um but he says that these guys who work there, the shopkeepers, usually serve as the fall guys because, you know, if the dude does get shot or even hauled off by the cops, the the heads of the cartel can get another guy like the next day. It's just it's yeah, not a no, skilled I mean, labor <laughs> position. <laughs> Imagine um, if people lined up ready yeah. to get that. He talks about their, how they have all these spotters they call Los Halcones or Hawks who sort of, you know, keep an eye out to see what's – Make sure nothing come, nothing's uh, you know going to go no down. rival gangs or something in the territory. yeah or the or the cops you know not, the cops aren't always just rolling over like sometimes I guess they bust these places um, but the other thing the Halcones do is look for people that are just like independent uh, contractors you know some guy trying to sell uh, weed or coke on the corner by himself that isn't associated with the cartel and what do they do beat their ass um. And more. <laughs> uh, he says that they're they, ruthless. Uh, these Mexicans. Yeah, he says it. that the the spotters will find him. They'll call in the uh, the the heavy you know heavy hitters, and they'll take them to the Zetas, which I guess are what um, sort of they call these cartels, the Zetas, where the he's Zetas. from. And he says that the the drug dealer, you know, the unaffiliated drug dealer, will usually end up being dissolved in a barrel or have his this is great have his head chopped off and a pig's head screwed on there. Instead, and be thrown into the street for kids to play with. And this guy has a picture of a guy with a pig's head laying in the street on this blog. Do we totally have to put this up on the site? Yeah, <clears throat> you know it's it's interesting to me. Cause Maybe link to the blog. I don't know. I'm, I'm I haven't decided yet because well, I want to give this guy traffic because I do really appreciate this uh, this thing. Well, you know, us in America here, we have this like depiction of uh, Mexicans as being these like. You know, hardworking, cheerful people that make burritos and right. Taco Bell. And, sort of sleeping and in the afternoon and, with their big hat on in the but, corner. Yeah, with sombrero it's and not really smiles. Like that. No, no, not at it's all. It's much scarier. <laughs> They're chopping your head off and putting a pig's head. Dude, that's the thing. I don't even think, like I was in San Diego about a month ago. I didn't even try to go to Tijuana. I was like, you know, it used to be no, fun. No, no. I actually read in the newspaper that people just aren't going anymore. Because I think that's the point that I want to make is this is like a new thing. The past like, Tijuana was years. always shady. And, you know, by connection, Mexico was always shady. I mean, I think Tijuana is more shady than Mexico on balance. Well, but the border just towns recently, 
Mexico City has some fucked up shit going on, dude. Yeah, but I think you'd have a better chance of getting a peg-legged, one-eyed hooker in Tijuana than you would in Mexico City. Right, but nobody's going to Tijuana anymore. And, like, the word has gotten out that, like, shit is getting really bad there. All right, so where else are you going to go see a donkey show? You're just not. You're going to have to to deny yourself. I'm going to have to rely on the internet for my wish fulfillment. There's got to be somebody in the United States who has a donkey and, you know, a meth-addicted wife or sister. Mr. Hands. (laughs) That's not really a donkey (laughs) show. But no, I mean, exactly. It's like in the past, in recent years, violence has escalated to such a point that now it's like, yeah, I mean, we're not even going to Mexico anymore. Yeah, I mean, imagine the shopkeepers in Tijuana whose whole business model was thrived you know, drunk, on tourists, drunk college kids coming across from San Diego. Yeah, and like, I mean, people used to be able to go there and like drink when you're like 15, 16, right. you know, and, and buy it's like, tons of prescription drugs for and, recreational uses. Yeah, dude, to be honest, I think I'm too much of a puss to go over there. No, but but it's not just well, this is what I'm saying. It's not just you. It's like the. It's dro- the tourism in Tijuana and a lot of places in Mexico has dropped a lot exponentially. Yeah, but you know, it's also I mean, think about it. How many Americans do you think go over to Mexico, Central America, and get kidnapped? I mean, it's it's, it's commonplace there. Well, and that's what the second blog post by this guy Pancho Montana is about. Uh, is about you know the kidnapping, but actually he just sort of skims over the ransom based kidnapping, and uh, he goes straight into what he finds more interesting, which is called. The Levantan, which is uh, in English, it translates to pickup. And it comes from the slang narcos, which is his slang for these, you know, drug types, use when they refer to the kidnapping of a rival to uh, disappear him or sometimes her without seeking a ransom. Unlike those who are ransomed, the Los Levantados, which is somebody who gets picked up, know that there is no negotiation and that they will surely be tortured, mutilated, and killed. This type of kidnapping is not only about the money, it's about ethics and justice. So Americans wouldn't be levantados or whatever. Yeah, we would probably be held for ransom. Or, actually, just to back up from the levantan, uh, he he talks about the ransom kidnapping, uh, but he also talks about what he he calls express kidnapping. Well, you'll go up to an ATM... And as you're, like, punching in your card, they'll grab you, make you take all the money out of that ATM, and then they just drive you around to all the ATMs you can go to, to until they get basically all the cash out of your account. And I'm sure they're beating the fuck out of you the whole time. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to Tijuana. <laughs> I think I They're really, not all smiles and burritos. I really think you're giving the rest of Mexico kind of an easy time here. Okay, I'm- <laughs> This guy lives in northern, north central Mexico where the shit's going on. Yeah, but dude, if you think about it, if you went down to like whatever the Yucatan Peninsula, I mean, it's kind of rural. I don't right. think. Yeah, you, I think sticking to rural areas would be your best bet. But I really think that you know, I would, I would not go to the big cities at this point in time. Would you ever rent a car and drive in Mexico? Um, if they take care of this problem, yes. But no, not now. Not with this shit going on. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, is like, think about it. Back in the 80s, they used to fear us. Because, like, the Three Amigos, for example. Uh-huh. You had Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase went down there. And, like... Well, I mean, El Guapo didn't really fear them. He was out... You know, he was outsmarted. Outsmarted by them. by them. Well, he learned exactly. But now it's... it's it, the, the roles have reversed. Yeah. I don't see the three of you guys having a good time down there. I, I mean, think they'd be if, dumped in a vat of acid in the first dumped 15 in a vat of acid, of the show. Exactly. Wouldn't, and, wouldn't be that humorous anymore. Which kind of leads me to my next point. Did you hear about the stew maker? Yeah. Well, 
let me segue into that by saying, you know, this guy talks about these people who are just kidnapped basically for justice, to for revenge. And that's, you know, the primary way that you end your existence is being dumped into a vat of acid. Well, but you wonder, though, it's like, so they kidnap all these people. And think about, I mean, how many people are kidnapped? Probably well, hundreds. are there just vats of acid all over well, all over Mexico? What's going on? Don't you wonder what they do with the bodies? They might roll the heads in the disco. Or they might dump off a nice chest in a police precinct with a yeah. couple heads in it. Yeah. But what do they do with the rest of the bodies? Well, they put them in acid. <laughs> Hence, the stew maker. <laughs> And dude, I mean, seriously, this is something out of like a Hollywood movie. It's like something out of Saw or something. So well, in I, reality, the stuff in Saw is out of Mexico. Yeah, it's coming out of Mexico. So this this is this guy was busted in Mexico City. Uh, the gruesome recipes of the stew maker have gripped public attention in Mexico, as authorities describe how a disposal expert, and this is actually like a position. Yeah, in the within, drug cartels within the Zetas, you know, within the Zetas. Uh, he's working for a Tijuana drug cartel boss. Allegedly, he got rid of hundreds of bodies by dissolving the corpses in vats of caustic liquid. Okay. The sour face. Now, would he put sour, sour cream on the top? <laughs> I don't Chili know. powder? Yeah, I don't know if he put a little sour cream, some guac. Uh, the sour face mugshot of Santiago Mesa Lopez, 45 years old, made the front pages as federal agents presented new details about El Pozolero. Uh, pozole is a traditional Mexican stew made of hominy pork and chilies it's important to keep stirring the soup while it is on the stove <laughs> which i imagine is what he did to the bodies in this hot vat of caustic acid which means he has a corpse stirring stick well i wonder if he had like some big cauldron with just a bunch of corpses and a big stick no i think it's a 55 gallon drum jesus that the acid comes in so and he probably has big like Glove, rubber gloves that go up to his elbows and maybe some waders. But I mean, dude, he must have like 50. I mean, he, he, you know, got, he allegedly disposed of 300 corpses. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a year. It's a lot I of mean, acid. Yeah, it's a lot of acid. So Mesa confessed to disposing more than 300 corpses, though they have not provided any evidence to support such a high number. He said that they, they paid me $600 a week. <laughs> I asked for forgiveness from the families of the dead. <laughs> That's what he, he told should agents. really get a. You should really negotiate a per body commission. That's you just, think, not a right? weekly salary. That's you know. But six hundred. Where's bucks the incentive, a, dude? Six hundred bucks a week in Mexico. This guy was living large. Oh, he was getting all kinds of ass. Oh, dude, all kinds of ass. He probably had the best donkey shows you'd ever see. Plus, he could stick it in anything that you know. Totally, dude. Came his way in the corpse factory. Yeah, I mean, he's got the corpse factory. So if like someone complained, it's like into the vat of acid. He's told agents that he boiled his latest victim 15 days earlier. Federal agents described the recipe followed by the stew maker. <laughs> this is <laughs> one, one barrel of acid, one body. Well, the listen, end. <laughs> listen up, aspiring serial killers out there. The procedure to dispose of the corpses was to fill a drum with 200 liters of water and then put two sacks of caustic soda. Put it over a fire, and when it started to boil... Put in the bodies. The human remains, according to the federal agents, cooked for eight hours, and afterward, there was nothing left but teeth and nails. After the liquid cooled, Mesa allegedly put the remains in a plastic tub, took it to an empty lot, and burned it with gasoline. Huh. So, what do you think Mesa's wife thought that he did for a living? Uh, worked at a chemical factory. I mean, wh who's to say she didn't know? I mean, do you think? Do you think she was part of the, uh, you know, the cooking staff or whatever? I mean, no. I mean, he was making so much money, she wasn't working. 
Yeah, she was probably just at home watching yeah. her Mexican soap Eating operas. Eating bonbons and, yeah, watching the bee and the guy in the bee yeah, suit. The guy in the bee suit. So, yeah, anyway, uh, apparently he was just uh, recently uh, busted. And, uh, yeah, they found uh, mass graves. But it was just... Re- Is he going to was... be shot in front of a firing squad? Or Do they still do that in Mexico? Uh, you're, they're Catholic, so probably not. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. So he's not going to be put into a vat of acid himself? He almost should be, but it sounds well, like if he's the gang's begging fine, for forgiveness. Then he's, to- he's, spill- he's t- told all these stories. They'll probably do it. Right? Well, you wonder, I mean, even with someone like this, it's like you wonder, you know, is he eventually going to be turned loose because he's going to have some corrupt judge or some corrupt politician or some corrupt uh, <laughs> police officer that's going to take him out and like be like, well, this guy paid me a million pesos. Didn't the gang which is like twenty dollars like shoot up the police station? Yeah, they tried to free him, and then uh, yeah, but, but I've heard that like the he's feather- the only guy who has a recipe, man. <laughs> <laughs> we all don't have recipes, Mano. But no, seriously, how dude, much sour cream? I don't know. <laughs> you wonder if it's ever going to get to that level of uh, just violence in the U.S. I mean, it's coming. It's it's kind of like violence that we're in a recession, man. You know, you never know. <laughs> you, you do it get wonder. worse and worse. But dude, seriously, for the next few years. I'm not going to Mexico. Yeah. And it's not Neither like... Neither am I. I wasn't probably going to go to begin with, but I'm, not, I'm definitely not going now. I'm thinking of not even going to the mission for a burrito anymore. You're that scared? <laughs> I'm that scared of getting kidnapped by a drug cartel. <laughs> they like Jews down there. They yeah. do. No, but you know, I mean, seriously, it's like I don't have many run-ins with Mexican drug cartels, but those dudes I saw at that party, I was just kind of like, wow, I wonder if they know somebody that could actually like dispose of a corpse in a vat of acid. Probably. They probably do. Yeah. That's why I was being very nice. Did you talk to them? I mean, do they even no. have Mexican accents, or were they all from, like, Fresno? <laughs> I have no idea. I just They're probably, kinda... like, fifth-generation Americans who were just doing a bunch of coke. They were... And you have blown this way out of proportion. I'm sure that's probably the case. But in my imagination, I thought that they were Mexican drug cartel members, which isn't that far-fetched by the amount of cocaine that was in front of them. Oh, no, brown skins. (laughs) (laughs) I need to leave. They're brown people here. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, it was a very ethnic night for me. A very ethnic weekend. That's what I'm going to say. No Chinese people, though. Which is very strange because San Francisco is like 30% Chinese people. Yeah, but think about this. Chinese New Year. The parade oh, was you're on Saturday. Right. It was the Chinese New Year. They were all so, tuckered out by yeah, 2 in the morning. Yeah, they were tired by 2 in the morning. They were sleeping. Uh, people, this is episode uh, 161 here of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show, episode 160. Uh, if you recall, Wackerly did a story about the good old Tennessee sport of dog skinning. Um, I did a story about a implant Indian giver, breast implant Indian giver. <laughs> And a uh, listener did a story about a uh, mother who chose her boyfriend over her child. And believe it or not, I was actually kind of surprised. The listener won with 108 votes. Huh. Y- you came in second with Sweet. 89 because nice. people always feel sympathy for the animals. And uh, yeah, I came in third with uh, 54. So uh, yeah, listener, you won. And uh, you won episode 160. So you will be getting a sick and wrong care package. Uh, qu- real quick, though, I want to mention one quote in particular that came for a guy who voted for you, Waggerly. Uh, Chris writes in, I voted for the dog beheading, mainly because it reminds me of an episode of The Shield where that crazy Mexican called Doomsday hacked off two dogs' heads and, and kept them in a freezer to make soup. If there were more cops like Vic Mackey, then this probably wouldn't have happened. Do you remember <laughs> I, that episode? No, I'm even... and I'm a huge Shield fan. Yeah, I figured you'd know that one. Uh, I don't Doomsday? know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm going to have to go back and watch them again. 
I, I do remember, though, I did some kind of crazy Mexican gang member, gangbanger called Doomsday. I don't even remember that. <laughs> My memory isn't so good, as you know. Well, that's because you've drank like a fifth of vodka by the time you like finish the episode. Yeah, that's probably the case. I yeah. still love the show, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show. So, uh, yeah, but uh, um, the listener did win episode 160. Congratulations. People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacker and I come to the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes. And a winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a uh, wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com or submit directly through the forum. Um, you know, for a little bit of a twist here, Wackerly, for this show, um, we received like a number of really good stories from the listeners. It's actually really difficult. That's true. To, um, yeah, it was really difficult to decide which story to use for the listener submission. So I decided to do, and we've done this before in the past, is just use three listener submissions for this episode 161 here, Sick and Wrong. We're going to pit the listeners against each other. It's a death match. It's a steel cage match. It's a steel cage match. No holds barred. Listener against listener against listener. So the first listener submission here came from a guy named J-Rod. He says, "Longtime listener. I've been submitting stories I see here and there. Here you go, guys. I hope nobody beat me to it. This story involved a guy who um, decided to be his own dentist, which is always interesting. He just decided. <laughs> Man pulls 13 of his own teeth out with pliers because he couldn't find an NHS dentist. A former soldier pulled his own teeth out with a pair of pliers. What is NHS? Where is this? This is in England. I was about to get to that. Okay. Um, a uh, former soldier pulled his own teeth out with a pair of pliers because he could not find a dentist to take on NHS patients. But apparently, this is National Health Service, and this, uh, this story takes place in East Yorkshire. So okay. I'm not quite <laughs> Socialized sure. Socialized medicine. I'm not quite sure exactly how the UK's health system works. I think it's socialized, isn't it? Yes, that's what we always hear, right? But but I mean, fear mongering that, that uh, that's the way that America's gonna go, and it's gonna be the worst thing ever. But how does it work though? It's like you you know you as an individual, you don't have benefits to your job. Can you just go to any hospital and get your you know general warts treated? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what about dentists? I mean, does it work the same with dentists or dermatologists? Yeah, well. It's not. I think that's the way. I think that's where some people are confused about. I, 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 I don't know either. I think there should be two tiers. I don't want to get all policy wonkish on the show, but I do think we should have some form of socialized medicine. But I think then other people should have. If you want to pay for insurance, you should be able to have that and not have to pay into the nationalized system or some shit like well, that. Well, don't we kind of have that here in the U.S.? If you think about it, it's like we have those general care hospitals. I mean, there's San Francisco General that anyone can go to, and you don't have to pay for it. Yes, you do. I mean, People taxpayers. Don't. We don't know. You don't get charged. You get charged like a yeah, minimum. You get charged like a small fee. No, you don't. You get charged. Dude, a lot of people just don't pay it. I've been to SF General when I didn't have benefits, and they, it's like $20. To do what? I, I, I just went to, to a doctor just to get him. To, that's the thing about the U.S. If you know that you need this type of antibiotic, uh-huh. you still have to go to a doctor to get a prescription for it to get it filled. Okay. So you so paid 20 bucks for that. I went, I paid 20 bucks to consult a doctor and he basically wrote me a prescription for an antibiotic. Okay. But that $20 was the charge. That was my fee. It's not subsidized. If you had to get, um, like, 
I don't know, your your leg amputated because you had gangrene or something, and it costs twenty thousand dollars, and you don't have health health insurance, they're gonna charge you for that. Yeah, but I thought they yeah uh, they vary it depending on income. No. So even like a hospital like SF General, which is a shitty hospital, yeah, they're gonna charge you twenty grand. Yes. I don't know. Or um, more, I mean, that's a cheap operation. Let's say you have to have like some complex open heart surgery that costs two hundred thousand dollars. They're going to charge you that. So how's it work? This in is the, the whole UK? thing. With, uh, emergency rooms are full full of people right now, especially in California, who don't have health insurance. <coughs> Mexicans. <laughs> um, and you know, there's the Hippocratic Oath. So you know, they can't turn you, you have away to treat if you're these bleeding patients. out of the eyes. They have to treat you. And, you know, you either give them a fake name, fake social security number, or you give them their real name and you're just like, yeah, send me a bill. Good luck with that. Exactly. I mean, th- these people are illegal anyway. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, they're not going to get But it's bill. not. I mean, I think a lot of just people who aren't even illegal, just poor people do the same thing. But how does it work in the UK? I mean, could you go to any hospital and get treated and not yeah, get charged? Yeah, and, and, and you don't get a bill and it doesn't fuck up your credit or anything like that. So then, but the problem is with like dentists, or let's say you want to have some non or non emergency surgery. I think what people people who are so pro national healthcare in the United States think this government's going to pay for it. So when it's, I need something, I go and they do it. But it's not; it's a free country, right? So if a dentist doesn't want to perform that that dental procedure for twenty bucks or whatever the government's willing to pay, he just he, says fuck it. Yeah, so maybe there's like two dentists in the, all of London that would have fixed this guy's problem, and that's what he's saying. He like he couldn't, he couldn't get an appointment. So, right. so there's like all these private dentists who have their own practices. Yeah, I mean, and it's if, a free country. So. Yeah, if you have uh, if you have benefits to your work and it could have can afford the exorbitant fees of a regular yeah, dentist. If you're like a wealthy wealthy tosh, is that a word? I don't know. It sounds <laughs> yeah, I, like I a British know. word. Posh. If you're posh, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. You'll you'll just say like. Well, I want to get my teeth fixed right now. I don't want to wait in line, and I'll pay, you know, 2000 bucks to get these caps. And then that dentist is just like, well, I'm just going to deal with wealthy people then because I make more money. So this Iraq War veteran, Ian Boynton, could not afford to go private for treatment. So instead took the drastic action to remove 13 of his own teeth that were giving him severe pain. Pretty drastic. Do yourself English dentistry. Now, do they not hurt after you rip them out with pliers? <laughs> Well, I imagine it's, like it's got to be better than when they when you have rotting teeth. Now you just have bleeding gum holes. Dude, think about the English. Think about their diet. They're eating treacle. They're eating candy. They're eating arrow bars. You know, I did, English people do they even have toothbrushes in England? What the fuck's an arrow bar? I don't know. It's some kind of English candy. <laughs> I, I see Sleazy E eating them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how I like mallow cups. I don't even know. Uh, okay. All these, yeah. But then I'm wondering. I mean, yeah, I think they have toothbrushes. They're like med- medieval toothbrushes <laughs> with like, like some... one like little bristle on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of uh, sheep's wool on the end of a stick <laughs> that they swish around their mouth. <laughs> they got that from us. The 42-year-old from uh, Beverly, East Yorkshire, had not had his teeth looked at since seeing the army dentist in 2003. <laughs> he had not been registered with a dentist of his own since 2001. He said. I've tried to get in at 30 dentists over the last eight years, but I've never been able to find one to take on NHS patients. And so, yeah, exactly. The dude didn't have enough money to go to a private dentist. Okay. 
So it wasn't even a question of getting on in the line, in the queue, as they probably would say well, over there. It's like they wouldn't even talk to him. Well, I don't even understand how the guy like waited eight years. I mean, I guess he started suffering from a toothache in 2004. Okay. So this went on for a few years here. Yeah. And then he just decided. Well, it's 2009, so that's five years. I, yeah, five years. But I imagine this guy probably came back from the pub, probably had like eight Stellas and was like, you know what? I'm going to do my own dentistry tonight. All right. I, I imagine this probably happens all that often. He probably could have got a chab to like knock, knock his teeth out. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he said, I started having pain in the front tooth. Had a bit of fun tooth. in the process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a little row, uh, which protruded slightly more than the others. I was constantly fiddling with it and wiggling with it because it hurt so much. In the end, I knew it had to come out and had to use the pliers to pull it. <laughs> Amazingly, it did not hurt as much as you might think. Well, he said it was already wiggling. I imagine this guy it. probably was just yanking on it, yanking on it every day. But you wonder That's about I that. Do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, teeth, right? But you wonder about that. How hard would it be to rip one of your teeth out? Hard. Yeah, but could you do it with just regular pliers? I mean, this guy didn't yeah. have dentist tools. Yeah. But but here's here's the problem. You're you're thinking of your own healthy teeth that are like firmly rooted into your mouth. This is like a rotten tooth that's already hanging by a vein. Yeah, I guess or it's just a rotten veins. tooth that yeah. is just, um, yeah, basically dissipated in just one vein. Yeah. In the last two years, Mr. Boynton has pulled out 13 top teeth, including <laughs> molars, incisors, and canines. How many teeth do we have? Was it 22 or something? 42, 20, 52, I don't know. He now only has two teeth left in the roof of his mouth. That's it. <laughs> Who needs a dentist? He sort of looks <laughs> like a rabbit. Yeah, exactly. He's like Bugs Bunny, basically. But I mean, in, in England, I think this is like probably common. It's, you know, I think this. I, I bet you in Wales, that's the type of dentistry you go to. You go to a mechanic hat slash dentist. All right. I think that's the way things work. Okay. But I mean, how's this guy supposed to eat with just two teeth? Well, like you said, you know, mushy foods. <laughs> you can mush up fish and chips with your tongue. You don't need teeth for that. I suppose shepherd's soft, pie, you can, shepherd's uh, you pie. can eat. Yeah. Custard. Custard. Mash. Bangers and mash. You could Stella. Probably... I mean, Stella's Stella. always there for <laughs> Just you. wash it down with some Stella. Unemployed Mr. Boynton, who is single, surprisingly, says it's a horrible situation to be in when you can't afford to go to the dentist when your teeth were so bad. In a stroke of ill-time luck, he has now finally found a dentist that will take him on. <laughs> uh, he's like, I desperately need a dentist because although I'm no longer in pain, I need to have false teeth as I'm finding it Difficult to eat. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like he needs the dentist to help him floss. There's only two there. <laughs> two there. You can floss really... with a shoelace. Do they have dental floss in England? <laughs> I don't shoelaces. think they got that yet. A shoelace. <laughs> he goes, uh, this is the best line of the story. Unfortunately, I can't make false teeth myself. Well, Which... actually, you can. I don't know if you've heard of George Washington and his famous wooden teeth. I would love to see this guy, maybe a YouTube video of him putting in his false teeth. Who wrote this? Where, where is this article from? Uh, the Daily uh, Telegraph. So it's a UK article. Because I, I think the question that I want to hear answered is being left unasked. And what's that? Like, uh, How does he feel about national health care? You know, they don't really go into detail, but he said that uh, it's a horrible situation to be in when you can't afford to go to a dentist. 
So obviously he's yeah, upset. I I, obviously he's upset I guess because question, he had to wait. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it but, seems you know, pretty would, bad. You know, I'm sure we're going to have a slew of uh, English listeners that are going to write in and explain to us why their health care is, is the obviously Daily preferable Mail, to ours. Is the Daily Mail a conservative paper that's against national health care and trying to get it rolled back or something? I could, that might be the yeah, case. You that know, might I'm be the not, only reason this article's been written. I don't know if it's owned by the British National Party. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, but... Um, but yeah, they they definitely reported on this Tories. guy. <laughs> We're gonna have the Whigs. We're gonna have to post a picture of this guy's uh, face with his two teeth. Oh, you have a picture, great. Yeah, he's got a thousand dollar smile. So on the sick and wrong star scale, think about it. Why the guy ripped out thirteen, not one, not two, but thirteen yeah. of his teeth. But I, when you were relating the story to me earlier, I thought that um, he did them all at once. <laughs> and you're saying you did them over a course of, of a time. few years. Yeah, I so, guess that would detract three and from a the half. score. Three and a half. You know, I'm going to give it three stars. I haven't seen the picture yet. so I'm going to give it three stars. All right. You know, we recently had a listener write in bitching about our, our scoring scale, saying that we'd oh, be really? giving fractions of stars. Like, we, it, we, we reduced it to a five-star scale from a 10-star. Or we didn't have a 10. We had a 10-point yeah, scale. 10-point. Ten 10-point scale. <laughs> we reduced it to five stars. And now he's to bitching. Simplify. And, well, now he's bitching that... Um, that uh, that that we're using fractions of stars, so basically we might as well go back to using a ten point scale again. Yeah, it's our so, show, so you, you could probably deal with your issues and just get on with your life and not worry about it. <laughs> or you can just go eat a bag of dicks. Um, I'm gonna say that's the second time you've used that <laughs> phrase on the show. Yeah, but it works so well. Well, it's appropriate at times. Yeah, but it's 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 a new hip phrase, and I don't want you know. Are you saying it's a out. cliched phrase? <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, all right. So You're not going to call me a fucktard, are you? <laughs> or an asshat? <laughs> as long as you don't get into the fucktards and asshats, I'll let you have the bag of dicks thing. I have been using fucktard a couple of times this week. So <laughs> uh, maybe just I'll, not on the show. I will curtail I my fucktard use. I don't care what you do in your personal life. <laughs> just, just no fucktard on the show. show. Okay. Keep it off the show. I'm not making any promises right now, What's but I'll really try not to. What's wrong with asshole? It's all right, all right. You, what, what, I don't even what? like douchebag. I think douchebag is an overdone recent term. What do you have against bag of dicks? How many people do you say? How, when's the last time like you you know you heard bag of dicks? It's very prevalent on the internet. Okay, I guess, it's a meme. All right, I guess it is a bit of a meme. All right, <laughs> and then there's like the bag of dog dicks, and then there's the jar of dicks, and then you know the big black jar of big black dicks. Or it's Dude, I can't take it. I, I'm not as internet savvy. I can't take it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I will you curtail the, I'm saying, the usage it's up to you. of bag of dicks. Do you want to have bag of dicks or do you want to have something else? You can only have one. <laughs> Let me take bag of dicks right now. You can switch it out later, but at, at any given time, you only have one internet meme per swear episode. word or whatever you want to ter- term of abuse. <laughs> per episode. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take okay. that. Before you just get up and leave. <laughs> is that what's going to happen? Yeah, before the That's show's a- over for all time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is extortion. All right, so what, what do you have here for um, for the listener submission? What, which listener sent you uh, this story? This guy says, what's up, fellas? Here's my submission for the story of the week. Apparently, four-year-olds are good eating. I love the line, quote, Mom cooks me in the oven like a turkey. Jason Wilson. Nice. Are we supposed to say the whole name? <laughs> I guess we just did. Oh, well. 
have you ever been to Hamtramck, Michigan? You know, I thought there was like a club that we used to go to there, or Clutch Cargo or something in that Detroit. Might be in, I, I don't know. Is that been, Pontiac? Yeah, this is all sort of around the same area. It's a big Polish area of town. But it wasn't becoming hip at it one point. It was becoming hip, and I don't know if that trend reversed now that sort of Detroit is it's in the been, doldrums economically or what. It's been but like I did have years. I did have a couple friends who lived there because I guess it was cheap and sort of cool at one time. Like I said, it's a very Polish area. Uh, it's a nine-letter word, Hamtramck. There's only two vowels, and actually they're the same <laughs> vowel. It's A twice. I don't know how you do that. Um, but anyways, this woman lives there, Reina Valentina, and she's accused of putting her four-year-old daughter inside a heated oven and burning her eyes with a metal object. A great mother. What's the recommended temperature for a four-year-old daughter? Yeah, I don't know. Like, Is a, it like a low roast? It says heated, not hot. So I'm I, thinking I would maybe say like 260. Hamtramck, they probably tend to broast I don't the children. Roast is. I don't know either. But you remember, <laughs> what's that place, that Boston uh, Boston Market? Don't they broast there? I think that's roasted. No, they broast. It might be broast. I think they broast. Okay. Um, uh, thankfully, the girl can still give statements because she stated that mom cooks me like a turkey in the oven, which Jason was a big fan of that comment. <laughs> So did you, who did she state that to? The police officer? The Hamtramck police detective, Ben Bilecki, which I think is a good old Polish name, Polish but name. I could be wrong. The I, y- I wonder what your response is to, yeah, my mom cooks me like a turkey in the oven. Well, that's special, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's not the only daughter that's getting it from this lady. Uh, the youngest daughter also said, mama gave me the boo-boos in my eyes. Which they don't mention, or they don't indicate what the metal object is, but maybe a fire poker or something like that. Uh, The 40-year-old mother is also accused of beating her 6-year-old with a metal bar. Harsh. Which could be the metal object. Um, Her other children, well, all of her children, let's get them all together now. Uh, She's 40, she has children aged 9 months old, 4 years, 6 years, 8 years, and 9 years. All of the kids are terrified of their mother. Uh, they do not want to go back to her, says, says the detective. <laughs> so we always say, at the, you know, in these stories, like, if you're a kid, you don't really know any better. You're like, I guess in life, you get put in the oven when you're bad, yeah, right. or maybe I mean, when you're not bad. Well, what's your, how, what's your alternative? You, you never, you never experienced that. Right. So it really says something when the kids are like, that's fucked. <laughs> I'm not going back there. You know, anything but that. Just leave me in the ditch. I'll Dude, just, I'll become feral. Where the hell did she come up with the oven punishment? I mean, she's not even, like, German. Grimm's fairy tales? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it does sound like a, a Grimm's fairy tale. What's like that the, one called with the gingerbread house or Hansel something? Hansel and Gretel. Hansel but, and Gretel. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that sounds like it. Uh, it's almost like a Hansel and Gretel type yeah. punishment. It's like, yeah, climb it, in the it, oven. It would have been nice if the five kids would have teamed up and pushed her in the oven. And I wonder. <laughs> kicked it up a notch. I Bam! Want, I wonder what it would be. I mean, what you had to do to either get, like, the boo-boos in the eyes versus getting put in the oven. Probably not a whole lot. I don't think there's any much rhyme to reason of it. Um, the the glorious husband, Randy, married to Raina, said his wife is a good mother, but is suffering from mental illness. Okay, all right. I was about to say, there must be a reason. I don't think the qualification statement or clause in that sentence really justifies the the prior you know assertion. What, what i don't understand is don't you think randy would have realized that his wife is batshit fucking crazy before he fucked her like what 30 times to have five kids well who the fuck else is gonna fuck randy valentina of hamtramck come on 
his right. prospects aren't. It's not like he's. Uh, oh well, you know, there's Luisa and Freda. And it's not blah, like blah, he's blah. in a Mexican drug cartel. No, no, he works at like you know some fucking tire plant near Hamtramck. He's not making a lot of money. Uh, maybe even laid off. Have you seen a picture of her? She's kind of a big lady. I can assume. Well, she's had five kids. Yeah. That we know of. <laughs> she might have eaten some of the other ones. You know, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of the evidence. out there. Uh, he goes on to say that Reyna is a fantastic mother. She's a very loving mother. She has a mental illness that she's dealt with for 20 plus years since she was a child. What, the I put my kids in a fucking oven illness? Yeah, I'm just a fucking psychotic bitch. <laughs> uh, the things that she has done are only when she's off medication, when she's ill. Those things present themselves. So what? He goes on to say she's perfect <laughs> if she keeps up with her medication and therapy. So how did she get off the medication? Put her on IV or like one of those subcutaneous things that you don't even have to think about. Fill her vagina up, her uterus up with cement and sterilize that guy. That's what I'm saying. Because neither one of and them should And then just breed. the five existing kids are a lost cause. Just, no, give the kids the child protective services. They can yeah. be put in well, a new I home. Well, I think that's where they are now. If convicted, uh, Raina could spend the rest of her life in prison. I would think that the, the husband, because he's so sort of complicit and just turning the other eye or whatever. What do you call that? Cl- turning the other cheek. But I mean, this- Not the other cheek. Turning a blind eye. That's what I'm trying to think of. You know, he should get some time, too. Maybe not life, but... But it sounds like he's complicit in this abuse of the kids. I mean, if 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 the guy was actually, he's letting it go on. He's yeah, allowing I mean, it. He should have broke out the pimp hand by now. Yeah, the pimp uh, burrito and just fucking smack her in the face. She's a pretty large woman. I picture him to be a diminutive man, just a really small Mexican man. Like you know how like some Mexicans are like maybe five feet tall, but still widely proportioned. He might be like widely Sancho proportioned. But I picture him to be like kind of a smaller like. Uh, a small Randy. Maybe he's a white guy. Maybe he's a, a Valentino. He's Italian, isn't it? Valentina? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not gonna, sure. I'm not sure. Does it, it matter? This is a very ethnically diverse, sick and wrong going on tonight. This could easily be a white person doing this. A Polish person. I mean, I picture. I don't him, really attribute putting your kids in the oven to any one ethnicity. I'm. This is what I'm saying. I think Randy. Witches. I'm thinking do it, Randy. Do Randy she's is, a witch. Randy's scared of being put in the oven himself. So he's not piping up. He's, he's not saying up. anything. But what he could just go to the tire plant and never come back one day. I mean, if he's that frightened. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he even did come maybe, back. Maybe kids. bring the kids with him and be like, hey, it's take your daughter to work day. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Raina. And then just peel out and never come back. So on the sick and wrong star scale, she's putting her kids in the oven. She's giving boo-boos in, her, boo-boos in their eyes. boos in the eyes and hitting the other kid with a metal bar. I would say on the sick and wrong star scale, I'm going to give that five. I'll give it a five. Dude, think about how long the torture's been going on. She's had five kids. One's age nine. Yeah. I'm sure all of them has spent considerable oven time. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see what the listeners... When when I first read the story, I thought maybe... Because it's really fucking cold in Hamtramck. I I thought maybe they were just trying to save on heating bills and, you know, put the kid in the oven. Well, they are having uh, difficult times financially in Detroit right now. Yeah. And I I think they're probably... Especially this family. (laughs) I imagine. We'll, we'll but no, see. I think it is punishment. So. We'll, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. So the third story here comes from Nicole over in the UK. She says, it's not like it was a short name like Anne. Why didn't this guy wake up? So many questions. Hope you guys are well. I'm planning an eight-month trip to the U.S. Any places you suggest? 
apart from the choo-choo train in uh, Tennessee? Uh, in the second wrong studios. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? Bed. <laughs> well, send, send a picture. Nikki? Send a picture first, there, Nikki. Come but, on, um, Nikki. No, you know what? I, I recommend. She just do like a sick and wrong tour. You know, go to the Mutter Museum and uh, where's that in Philly? Maybe um, go to Florida. Yeah, uh, you gotta go. That if, you're from, town. if you're from the UK, you've got to go to Florida. You yeah, gotta go to Miami. I mean, check it out. I mean like where there's sun and the beach and everything. Definitely hit like New York City and uh, Chicago. Fuck New York City. <laughs> you wouldn't go to New York? I mean, if you're first time in the U.S., eight months. Only a Fozzie Bear will hang out with you and show you a good time. Don't just go to New York City and go to all the fucking bullshit tourist spots. Yeah, I guess. Just skip it. It's, it's, it's still an impressive city if you've never been. You know what I suggest? You should rent a car and the wheel's on the other side, like the correct side here. So <laughs> keep that in mind. But uh, you should rent a car and drive cross country. Why not? And you can go see all the uh, fucking tchotchke U.S. destinations, tourist spots. There's a lot in the center of the country where there's not even any tchotchkes. That's kind of a tall It's order. just nothing. Is she going to be by herself or with her boyfriend? Or girlfriend is the case, maybe. I'm not sure. She didn't really specify. If you could bang your way across America with your well, boyfriend, then that might be fun. But I wouldn't recommend some single girl drive across, like, Nebraska and Iowa and all that shit and through the Rocky Mountains. Well, this is what I, I think if she was banging her way across the U.S., it would help if she um, used dental floss on a regular basis. So, Well, I'm assuming she comes over with her equally toothless boyfriend. Yeah, okay. Well, then if she's with not, her when boyfriend. I say, when I say bang your way across America, I'm saying... They bang each other. Oh, you didn't think that she would come here and just hook up with random dudes? No. That's I mean, because you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to do that, just have Trucker Paul pick you up on one end and take you to the other. I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. Yeah, we're probably the last people you want to ask for tourist advice. Okay, Nikki? <laughs> but have fun in the U.S. And uh, yeah, definitely come to San Francisco. Give us a call. We'll do some Stella. Anyway, she sends in a story about a one-night stand horror. A one-night stand man wakes to find lover has carved her name into his arm. Wow. A drunken fling ended in disaster for a man who woke up to find his lover's name carved into his arm. Dominique Fisher, 22 years old, who's actually quite hot. She's quite fetching. Yeah. If you've seen the picture of her. I did see the picture. This article was on the forum a while ago. I still wouldn't want her name carved into my arm. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be willing to... um, you know, if she was like, you can have sex with me if I carve your carve my name into your arm, I probably would say no. But that's even different than waking up and it's just a done deal. <laughs> totally. I mean, this guy woke up and it's like fucking name Usually, in my, arm. my experience was with women this hot that I somehow managed to get really drunk at the bar and ha- end up in their apartment as I wind up out in the hall outside their apartment with an impression of their fi- foot in my ass. Okay, where they kick you out. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Thanks that for makes explaining sense. that up. Well, Wackley, you should uh, invest in some Rohypnol. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. Gets girls in the mood. Okay. Uh, uh, she used a Stanley knife to write her name on Wayne Robinson's upper arm. She inflicted the injuries on the 24-year-old at her home in Blackburn, Lancashire. I'm not quite sure where that is. I, I don't know if that's in London. No Lancashire. Idea. Not sure. Uh, Mr. Robinson woke to find his body decorated with a star on his back. Dominique written on his upper right arm and numerous slash marks on his left arm and shoulder. I want to know like what the hell they were drinking personally. Well, you just mentioned Rohypnol. 
No, they, he wasn't on any uh, Rohypnol. How he, could you not feel her carving you up like that? Like a freaking Christmas he, turkey. He told police he had drunk vodka and taken Valium and was not awake during the incident. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't say Val- If you take a lot of Valium and you're also drinking a lot of vodka, but dude, it's like you, anesthetic. Wouldn't you wake up? I mean, I mean, seriously, a girl's carving her name into your arm. How would many you Valium like, are we talking about? I guess he didn't specify exactly how much I mean, Valium or how much vodka was Is drank. Valium an opiate or what? I think it's a barbiturate. So it kind of slows the system down yeah, and I exacerbates mean, it's, it's the effect of alcohol. You just anesthetized yourself for surgery. And yeah, and apparently he was wasted. You know what probably happened? He passed out. She was pissed. And she's like, I'm going to fuck with this guy. But instead, she didn't have a Sharpie around. Yeah, but she did magic, have an exacto no knife. Marker. <laughs> Mr. Robinson said he panicked when he woke up and took a taxi back to his home. And if you think about it, what would you do? I mean, has this ever happened? Anything similar ever happened? No. My, I used to hang out with this guy in high school who had, you know, a, not even a stepdad, but like his mom's boyfriend who we would hang out with. And the dude had no qualms about buying his beer when we were like 15 shit. Or, Respectable fellow. Yeah. And he was, you know, one of those over the hill sort of, I'm going to be single and do what I want for the rest of my life. So he also had all these degenerate friends. So you friends. mean alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. He had all these alcoholic friends, and they would go camping together, you know, as like 40-year-old single drinking dudes will do, which is just weird. And uh, if you got drunk around them and passed out, they wouldn't write on you with magic marker. They would pull your fingernails out with pliers. Jesus. Yeah, they got really drunk. God, that's like that's like worse than the movie Deliverance. I can't say it happened to me, but I've heard of it. Heard of shit like this happen. No, but I mean, I've I've been with a few girls that were scratchers and biters. Not even close. Yeah, I mean, not as close as this. Knife branding. But I've been with girls that have bitten and like ripped my lip apart and caused blood to come out. See, I'm really. I'm always. I'm worried that if that happened to me, I would just go into fight or flight mode and just punch him in the face. Well, you know, I think girls think it's cute or something to flirt. Yeah, no, it's not cute. Well, I mean, I get the whole like love biting thing, but a nibble is fine. No, but yeah, you're not really biting people. No, but the thing is, like a lot of girls are kind of like you know when you're in the heat of passion, they want to be feral or something and wild, and they'll, start, they'll scratch fun. you and they'll rip your back. But up if you and bre- if you bite me, bite you. If you bite me and you break the skin, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna punch you flat the, in your nose. I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face, and that's almost happened where I've like thrown a girl off and been like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And she's like, "I thought you liked it." No, I don't yeah. like blood pouring out of my lip, and now I'm gonna have a fat lip, and I gotta go to work the next day. Yeah, I want to be disfigured. That's yeah, th- th- thank you. So and I and, and I even have a huge problem with hickeys. Yeah, no hickeys. Like this bitch who goes to give you a hickey. Like, yeah, I really want to have a big purple mark on my neck at work tomorrow. Thanks. Exactly. I mean, this is it, it follows along perfectly. So Robinson said, "I went to her place for sex, not to be tattooed. I can't believe she did this to me, well, and he did I get hate the her." Sex, right? I guess he did Fair have enough. sex. Wow. Well, maybe not. Maybe he passed out and she did this. Well, uh, that's his own damn fault. Yeah. Fisher is found guilty of unlawfully wounding Mr. Robinson. Uh, She'll be sentenced later this month. He says, when I woke, I was covered in blood. Dominique was snoring. I just had to get out of there. I didn't even wake her to ask what she had done, which I'm actually really surprised. Could you imagine if you woke up, you had this this bitch's name carved in your arm. You have cuts all over your body, covered in blood. Wouldn't you maybe tap her on the shoulder and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, you got to understand, he's still half in the bag. 
Well, well he's probably he hung over. No, I think he's waking. What time did he wake up? Does it say? He just say he, he woke. I'm assuming he sort of wakes up out of his stupor at like 5 a.m. and it's still dark and he's just like still wasted, blood all over him. Just like, I got to get out of here. I think what I would have done at that point is if I saw like the scars all over my body, I, I would have grabbed the same Stanley knife and carved a picture of my dick in her buttock. <laughs> you know, with like these penis was here kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like tip for, tip for tat. Yeah. But, I don't know. He says, I'm scarred for life. I wish I'd never met her. Truer words never spoken. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I guess the guy does have permanent scars for the rest of his life now. Yeah. He's definitely going to remember this incident. Yeah, he's going to remember this incident uh, up until his uh, autumn years. Um, I would have to say... His wedding night. <laughs> his, his wedding night. And, you know, every... You think about it. Sub- subsequently, every girl he's with is going to be like, wow, you're into scarification? He <laughs> should know, just date girls named Dominique. <laughs> He pray he's going to have to limit himself, which is difficult. Because isn't that kind of a tranny name? I think it's probably much more prevalent over in the UK. It probably. So on the second wrong star scale, the guy or didn't in die. France, isn't it a French name? Yeah, I guess you could probably find you a hot chick named Dominique birds. over there. But dude, I mean, think how long it must have taken her to carve that. It's a long, it's like what, eight consonants? Ten? Yeah, oh, man. It's not sure. like that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to give this 3.5. I'll give it four. Four stars just because yeah, of the shock. Yeah, just crazy bitch scale. Like, what the fuck? What, the, what? Did she explain herself? No. She's just one of those hot psycho bitches. Seriously, guys. You she's meet not a that random, hot. She's pretty hot. She's not so hot that she's, like, getting away with doing this all the time. I mean, she just went nuts. I think she's, she's obviously unstable. She's mental. But, I mean, guys need to be... You guys, seriously. You know, women need to worry about being with some dude that's going to take them home and, like, rape them or whatever guys need to worry too guys need to worry too that you're going to be with a girl who's just completely psycho there'll be like you know some soulless harpy that's going to carve all of your back yeah sleep with one eye open exactly we'll see what the listening audience has to say to that go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com and you can decide who won episode 161 feel free to call the sick and wrong junk dial line you think that dial a slut chick is busy 206-666-3846. At 206-666-3846. Can I help you, sir? Oh, actually, we're nearing the end of the show, and as usual, we get to phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People, you can call the hotline 206-666-3846, or you can email us at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. I never received a number of phone calls... So, um, yeah, let's get to call number one. Hey, guys, it's Heather, the fucking soccer mom. I wanted to wish you guys a happy Valentine's Day. Like You're single name. this Valentine's Day, and you have a unique FSM. opportunity because Valentine's Day falls on a Saturday. Okay, so that means all of the lonely, vulnerable women are going to be out in droves. Okay, so the bars are going to be full of eager beavers. I mean that literally, so I expect you to get laid. Do you really think that on Valentine's Day, there's going to be all these like sluts out and about just being like, I need to get laid right now because it's Valentine's Day? No. I, I, you know, seriously. They're all going to be at... So he's just not that into you, or what? What the fuck is the movie called? He's just yeah, he's not, not that just into not that into you. That's what I mean, they're gonna be. I this is what if you want to get laid, go there. Well, this is what I picture. I picture all these girls are gonna be bitter because they don't have dates and they're gonna be at home 
you know, stewing in their own uh, displeasure Jerry's, or eating Ben Jerry's Hagen dazs with their vibrator. I don't think they're going to be at the bar being like, I need my holes filled now. Yeah. I, I just don't see that happening. Plus, I mean, what, what are they going to do? They're going to go to the bar and try and like catch the eye of some young lad. And he's going to be like, what the fuck? Well, exactly. well I mean, I'm alone. You're alone. He's going to be like, what? Well, she's gonna be like, it's a Valentine's Day, and he's gonna be like, what? Because <laughs> guys don't even care. Exactly. The, the only time a guy cares about Valentine's Day is if he's dating some girl, and then only to the extent that, like, I don't want to get an earful for the next month about how I didn't do anything on Valentine's Day. Guys only care about Valentine's Day when they have to care. But, I mean, seriously. What you do might these, get a blowjob. Well, what do these girls expect? They're going to go to a bar and meet, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, just kind of sitting there, just being like, <laughs> I love you. Come here. I'm let's, single, let's Titanic. Too. I'm single, too. Yeah. The like, hot guys are not by themselves at the bar. No, I mean, how Valentine's Day, the fucking <laughs> dudes who, you know, look like us are there. You're, you're going to basically, any girl that goes to a bar on Valentine's Day by herself is probably going to listen, going to run into like a fan that listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagine. <laughs> He's going to have chocolate all over his face. He's going to be like, I went to the Rite Aid and they had a special on this Valentine's Day candy because it's Valentine's Day already and uh, I ate the whole box. Dude, seriously, sweatpants and a cum-stained V-neck t-shirt. Off. <laughs> exactly. Chocolatey fingers. And not with the X. Okay, because that that's not acceptable on Valentine's Day. No sex with the ex on Valentine's Bullshit. Day. Bullshit. Sex okay? is sex. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I wanted to point out that um, the Metallica song that you played last week as your song of the week was not an original Metallica song. All right. That was originally done by Anti-Nowhere League punk rock greatness. And as with most covers, it was done better the first time. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I don't have any great, like, live action to do, so I'm going to say nothing has been done. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> that she that works. Nothing. Yeah, she did nothing. But that, nobody that, else can do nothing anymore. That completely works. Well, thank you, soccer mom, for, uh, and I wish you a happy Valentine's Day. I hope your husband uh, buys you something nice or does something nice. What are you supposed to do on Valentine's Day? Buy your girl a gift or take her out to dinner and uh, stup her? I mean, yeah. what, what else? You, that's about it, right? All three. Yeah. Okay. So flowers, I hope your husband buys you some flowers candy. and uh, fucks you very well that night. Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually DJing a par- an anti Valentine's Day party, which there are actually kind of a lot going on in the city. But that to me is worse than Valentine's Day. Yeah, but some chick. Is- you're, you know what? You're like, you're like the, you're like the atheist who all he ever talks about is religion and how it sucks. It's just like if you don't like religion, just. Fuck it. <laughs> Don't Dude, mention it. I'm getting paid a hundred dollars to DJ this girl's anti Valentine's Day party. I'm not I'm not disparaging you. I know you know, you're DJing and, and soccer mom's probably right. There probably will be some single ladies there that are feeling sorry for themselves that you can swoop right into their swoop vagina. Swoop right in, yeah, when they're emotionally <laughs> like available. Batman flying that fucking <laughs> bat plane into the bat cave. I'm just saying these people who put on the anti Valentine's Day party, it's like you No, know, it is you're just drawing attention to it. Well, obviously, yeah. Instead of just ignoring the holiday and being like, it's just another night to go out drinking. It's which like, is every night. <laughs> which is every night, yeah. yeah. I like are, how Soccer Mom pointed out that it's a Saturday, too. It is it's a Saturday. It's the only day we can go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, call number two came from Trucker Paul. Call number two. This is a good one. We've been holding it off. I hope Trucker Paul isn't pissed. We haven't heard from him in a while. Greetings from 
Cleveland. It's Trucker Paul. I have to apologize. I don't know why, but I guess I really pissed you guys off by telling you where I live or the geographic location. Um, I take that kind of shit. So we uh, made a big deal about the fact that they, him and the other listeners that called in about Eau Claire pointed out that it's not really close to Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Right? Well, it's, it's because we don't know any geographic locations. Yeah. We, were, know, we were really pissed. We were just drunk. Yeah, we were, we were drunk, <laughs> Trucker Paul. We were, seriously, the, he could never piss us off. Kind of shit for granted being a truck driver, you know? Um... Why I hate California. First of all... <laughs> this, this is like a the treatise. Why I hate California by Trucker Paul. I know. Copyright 2009. But it's like some... some <laughs> Published by Bantam Books. Or either that or it's like some kid in like elementary school. Why I hate California. <laughs> like standing in front of the class. We should count the words because back then you'd always be like, I gotta write... Tw- 40 words on this, and you'd read exactly 40 words. So let's and the hear... last sentence would be like, very, 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 very good. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear why Trucker Paul hates California. I can't wait. It's a very non-truck-friendly state. Uh, lots of weird rules that only California have, and you have to abide by them, otherwise you get these huge fines. Like no shitting in Walmart bags. <laughs> all, there's no Wait, no, no flatsos. Are there no flatsos in California? I beg to differ. I mean, I, he hasn't been like eh, well Fresno. I, I don't want to. I talk shit about Fresno too much. Well, dude, there's other towns around there. I'll bet you dollars to donuts. There's at least one flatso in the Central Valley. If Trucker Paul would come to California. And hang out with us. We could take him on a flatso tour. I'll show him where the flatsos are. I'm sure you know. <laughs> oh, unless you like Mexican fat chicks. The only women I see are like skinny, and I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I uh, it's too damn hot. Uh, I go there like in the winter and I'm still like walking around with just my boxer briefs on sweating like a pig. I can't stand the heat. But I, I call I call bullshit on that too because I guarantee you Eau Claire, Wisconsin in the middle of the summer is way fucking more hot and way more fucking humid than it is in California at any time of the year. Well, I think it's... Unless dip- he's in Death Valley or something. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, if he's Mojave in Death Desert. Valley or... Um, but that's... You should just be driving the through The Joshua that Tree Forest or something. Air, yeah, have your air conditioner on and just drive on through. But, dude, Northern Cal, I mean, dude, we have the most temperate climate, Even I think, in the Los country. Even Los Angeles and San Diego don't get to the level, you know, to, like, 110 degrees like Eau Claire probably probably gets with 90% humidity. But think about it. Trucker Paul probably is driving through the Death Valley or something. Yeah, yeah. He probably has to get out of the truck and get into the truck stop and go to the Walmart and get some bags. Take a walk around, see if there's a flatso in the vicinity. Even though he knows there's not going to be one. You got to try. And this doesn't matter, but every time I go out there, I break down. And I Emotionally? have to sit for days on end to get parts or get the damn thing fixed. Uh, 
when I called you guys, I was just going into California. I got, I got there, and I, all I needed, I needed a new starter for my truck. So I put it in the shop. Well, you know, five and a half days later, I get the goddamn Jesus. thing back and start heading home. I hope there was a strip club next to your hotel or something. Yeah, no, what five do you days. do for five days? After two days, you've seen all the spanked revision. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like he's... But you, you think he's probably stuck in some shit town like Bakersfield or something. Yeah, and in the shitty hotel. It's got to be at least one strip club in Bakersfield. Well, you can always go to the uh, Buck Owens Museum, too. That's a good boy to spend your time. <laughs> That's still only good for one day. Yeah, one day. Five days. Five days I, mean, I don't know what Trucker Paul was doing. She don't make any money doing that. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I, I should have tried to get a rental car and go up there. Up here. Did you say all those guys would be hitting on me and uh, whatever yeah, street would. that is where your brother's bar is? Dude, I think Trucker Paul would be quite popular up here in San Francisco. At your brother's bar, yeah. Well, yeah. There's certain. I mean, there's certain bars that cater or that that prefer guys like Trucker Paul, like you know, big as we imagine working Trucker class Paul. dudes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, mean, I imagine Trucker Paul to be a big guy, kind of big dude, like probably a goatee or beard or some sort. Trucker hat. Trucker hat, and guaranteed, like in my brother's bar, there'd be a ton of dudes that would just be lining up to meet a guy like that. Don't and don't you think it would even accentuate his chances if he actually pulled the big rig right up in front of the oh. bar. Dude, I mean, seriously. It running with the diesel engines going It would be like one of the village people stepping out of that truck. It would be like uh, Smokey from Smokey and the Bear. Smokey and the Man, exactly. Or BJ and the Bear. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't mind the attention. I might just go up there sometime. Uh -oh. As long as I got one of you guys with me. I'll get That's really right. drunk and hammered. And we'll go out to, I just, I, I've never met too many gay people living in Wisconsin, so I have to... That's a surprise. Brighten, brighten my outlook on things. But, all right. Peace out. Well, the thing about gay people is they're just like you and me, but just much faggier. <laughs> yeah, just much faggier, exactly. But some of them aren't even faggy. Like, your brother isn't very faggy. No, but some of them are very fat. I think behind closed doors he is. But you know, I've I'm, are you saying there's a side <laughs> of your brother that I've never seen? Dude, you've never passed out my brother's house. No, God no. Neither have I. <laughs> Fate worse than death. You're not Seriously, even taking your chances. I would rather be with the Mexican drug cartels. You're not even taking the chances, even with the taboo upon incest. I'd rather be with the Mexican drug cartels. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay, the Zetas would be preferable to my brother's apartment. But no, you know, I'm wondering, it's like, I don't want to disappoint Trucker Paul. It sounds like he's kind of developed this, like, curiosity here about being in San Francisco. And it's like, you know, I don't want to burst your bubble, Trucker Paul. I'm sure you'd be, you know, um, the fantasy of every gay man at my brother's bar, but I don't know for sure. You know, I'm not I'm a big trucker. Sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd be willing to wager, but I can say one thing for sure. If Trucker Paul ever made it up to San Francisco, we would definitely go out and get hammered. Yeah. I would totally hang out with him and go get hammered. Yeah, for sure. I would, too. I mean, and, I don't say that about a lot of fans. Most of you fans I don't really want to hang out with. Yeah, but with Trucker so Paul, like dude, few. I would totally go out and get hammered and then go searching for flatsos with him. I would go on the hunt for the flatso. I think that'd be a good time. The elusive California flatso. <laughs> <laughs>
on the endangered California plateau. It's always good to hear from you, Trucker Paul. Thanks for calling in. People, call the Sick Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. We always love to hear from you. So we got a number of emails to the Sick Wrong Podcast Hotmail.com address. We got one from Brendan here. He says, hey, Dean Lance, I'm a maintenance man for an eight apartment for eight apartment buildings in Cincinnati, Ohio. God, that must suck. <laughs> He's one of the sick and wrong working class heroes, though. I know. I'm not disparaging his job. I'm just saying. I bet he Could you imagine? Put, I bet he has to put up with a lot of shit. Literally. How many toilets do you think he's snaked in the past week? <laughs> not uncountable. <laughs> just you don't even want unfathomable. You don't even want to think about it. I'm just writing to tell you guys that people who shit in public restrooms and smear it all over the walls are nothing. I was walking through one of the laundry rooms of the apartment buildings I work at, and one of the older tenants. A college professor had his pants around his ankles, holding onto the sink and shitting on the laundry room floor. He looked at me, started an apology, and then left in a hurry. <laughs> I actually had to call him and tell him to come down and clean it up. I've seen lots of sick shit working here that is near the top. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Brendan, B-Man on the forums. I'm a lurker. He should have waited until not. He shouldn't have called immediately. He should have waited until the professor was teaching a class and then barged into the classroom, being like, "Hey, you're that guy who shit in the laundry room in the apartment building you live at. Could you come clean that up?" You, oh, sorry, students. You know what he should have done? YouTube video. <laughs> I think that would have worked. It's totally YouTube material. Yeah. But seriously, though, college professor. I mean, you know, I never trust those types. They still I never have do. a lot of respect, though, and I don't know why. I mean, Dude. it's. Anyone who's that, like, ensconced within academia. Especially a tenured professor. A tenured professor. They're a little, they're a little mental. They're a little yeah, whacked. Waste I mean, of space. This guy's shitting on the laundry room floor. But, uh, Brendan, the ne- you know, I don't, I don't know if you'd be willing to do this, but this is a great story to call in to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. You know, we'd totally play it on the show. Well, now that we've heard it through email, I don't really want to hear it. But I'm sure he has many I'm sure other he has stories. Many others. He should call them in, yeah, because we want to hear it, uh, you know. The verbal, First hand. verbal uh, tradition is more more. It's better than email. Yeah. So feel free to call us. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear some more stories. Got another email here from a uh, Daniel who wrote in. Got this from my brother in Oz, and he sent us a series of pictures of a kangaroo that looks frightened, jumping into the ocean and swimming away. And he says, <laughs> "You know, it's hot when they start leaving the country." And at first, I was thinking. Maybe this has something to do with the fire that's uh, ravaging Australia right now in Victoria. I've heard of this. And I thought it was blown out of proportion because we always have fires in California. And then I read that like 170 people are dead. Dude, 170 people. We always have fires here, but we never have fatalities like that. Maybe no. one or two. Yeah. One, yeah. 170. This is like, and the worst well, are thing. Are they is- just, just caught surrounded by flames and then they die? Well, I don't the- even How did that many people die? Why, don't you just leave the run away from the fire? Alright, Wackerly, think about it this way. When you've drank eight Fosters, the nine big Fosters, the big, the big cans, cans yeah. you're inebriated, your body's filled with alcohol, alcohol obviously is like, flammable. Oh, the heat feels good on my face. <laughs> the heat feels good on my face, mate. And then it's like, <laughs> Man, next thing you know, you, you self-immolate, you burst into flames, it's all over. So I imagine like, you know, the Fosters obviously poured freely in Victoria and like so many people probably just, you know, immolated. Horrible. And they could, and the irony is, they could have shaken up the Foster's can and sprayed it all over the fire and put it out and put it out, but they but just weren't. They didn't. they didn't have the presence of mind to do that. No, because they were too drunk. I, I don't know. But no, seriously, <laughs> 170 people died, and I heard that this is arson. 
So it's actually, um, I, I heard the prime minister in Australia said it was like mass murder. Right, which is total bullshit. Yeah, you, you think about it. it I mean, uh, arson is arson, and some if some if it's true that some dude started a fire and damaged a bunch of property, you know, you have to uh, convict them of that. But it's not like they had any vision of like, and this fire is going to go out of control and, and two hundred people massacre are going to die. One hundred seventy I mean, people, but I mean, yeah. I would not want to be the people who are um, you know, oh, no. involved oh, in no. this. Yeah, but it's do you still... think they'll get caught? Do they know who they are? And, you know, I, I wonder if uh, I mean. I think of the U.S. Are they I sticking mean, around listeners? Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm very hoping. Probable, like fifty percent of the population over there listening. To the I'm show. hoping that any sick and wrong listener, though, in Victoria, is okay and didn't drink too much Foster's and was able to escape the flames because it would really break my heart if I knew someone actually died that was a listener of the show. Thanks a lot, dude. Brought me down. Yeah, me <laughs> no, but down. seriously, I mean, Thanks. I hope they were they made like a kangaroo and swam out in the ocean. I. Yeah. I you know, I, I got was, on a kangaroo in the pouch just and escaped, and just kind of escaped. You know, and we see now if you're gonna bring me down, it would be fucked up even if somebody just like their house burned down, all their, well, all their worldly possessions were gone. I don't mean to bum you out. You well, know? you just did. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna not, fucking bum you out, bitch. I'm not a fucktard. Uh, <laughs> you get a pass because now I'm I'm all low and my serotonin is down. But if my serotonin was up, I would leave. I would walk out that door and never come back. <laughs> okay. Do not do that again. I won't use the word again. But all I'm saying here is I'm hoping – I wish the best to all the people that are in Victoria that are dealing with a fire right now. And I kind of hope that we no sick and wrong listeners – over there. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping no sick and wrong listeners were affected by the fire. But it's interesting to find out what happens with all that. And thank you, Daniel, for sending pictures of the kangaroo that probably drowned. Um, we got another email. last one here is from Ralph. He says – I just want you two assholes to say something in the support of Phelps, Michael Phelps. I want you to tell all the sick and wrong dweebs out there to boycott Kellogg's products. Phelps won the gold medal and passed the drug test when it was necessary. With Obama reported to have inhaled 100% of the sick and wrong staff to be regular potheads, why is Phelps being singled out for this abuse? And he includes a link here. To a website where you can actually write, you can sign in and boycott Kellogg's products. Or you can call toll free at 800 962 1413 or email the bastards at media.hotline at Don't forget to tell everyone to stop buying all the worthless, expensive shit that Kellogg sells. Believe me, there's other snacks out there for the munchies. Ralph. Well, there's always Post. Yeah, you can Post could Post. have a, like a media coup by picking up. Phelps and saying we'll fucking sponsor him, dude. I mean, yeah, think about it. It's and, like he's up for grabs right now. And who who loves cereal? Stoners. Stoners. Obviously. So I mean, so much of Kellogg's you know customer base are stoners. If they were like you know pissed off that he got kicked off of their sponsorship program, and then Post picked them up, they would all migrate over to the Post products, and Kellogg's would crumble. Well, I mean, think about it though. It's like to be honest. The dude won nine gold medals. He's allowed to fucking smoke a joint if he wants. I, uh, I feel bad about drinking this beer right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've never won a single gold medal. And when we did the, the runoff last year, I almost died. Yeah. Which was one mile around a track, which I did in about 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I think Michael Phelps deserves to smoke a fucking joint. So give him a fucking break. And Kellogg's, you're assholes. Yeah, they're fucked. There's a great SNL video that uh, we're going to put up on the website. All that right. 
I forgot. Uh, I forgot what he. It's uh, what's his name? The guy that does the news now. He's the head writer of the show nowadays, and he's kind of maybe one of the only funny people. Out yeah, there. he did a funny bit. So we'll put up a link to the boycott Kellogg's products, even though I really couldn't give that much of a. The fuck. past three presidents, and this is going back to Clinton, uh, two two termers. So that's sixteen years, and now we're in like a couple years. Well, a couple months into the new one, so. Let's say 17 years of U.S. presidents have all admitted to smoking pot. And not only that, Bush did cocaine. So did Obama. Yeah, so did Obama and, do blow? Yeah. How do you know? Because he wrote about it in his book. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I never read the Obama book. <laughs> Neither did I. I just thought it came out. He's like, more I like that, blow and hose. More on that later. <laughs> but Ralph, you know, we'll post this link. And yeah, we support your cause. You know, I, I think Phelps should be allowed to smoke, smoke as much weed as he wants. He won nine gold medals for Christ's sake. Uh, people send an email, sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com. If you haven't already, sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. Over 1,200 members and counting. A lot of crazy shit on there. Wackily actually finally posted pics of his junk. I mean, gun. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Next you, uh, week, I'll post pictures of my cock next to my gun. Yeah, but... Uh, and they, then my cock blowing my balls off. <laughs> there's a thread of uh, post pictures of your weapons, which is actually kind of scary. What? But um, why why does that frighten you, dude? Did you see the guy with like the Klingon weapons? <laughs> yeah, that's dude, scary. what was that? The sword people scare me. Yeah, you know I don't mind the guns, but the firearms, but the Klingon weapons. Why do you have that? The throwing knives. Uh huh. I, I don't get it. But Sick anyway, Wackley did post a picture of his gun, and tonight uh, or today, the episode one sixty one, we're gonna announce the winner of the great Sick and Wrong Photoshop contest. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody. For submitting pictures, because they were great. Made me laugh. People keep asking for more pictures of us, which I'm reluctant to provide. Yeah, you know, you've already got your pictures, so... Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year <laughs> we'll, we'll release some more. But so, yeah, you know, I mean, people took those two pictures, and they did stuff that I could never even imagine. You can check it out if you go to the com website. Under photos, you can see some pictures from the Photoshop contest. Well, the winner... By actually a large margin here is Redfield, who um, came in with 23 votes. Uh, BK came in second with 11. And uh, Redfield, seriously, like this dude actually kind of worked for it. I mean, he submitted like six pictures. Right. And they weren't like shitty, you know, hit one off and I'll do another and then another and then another. He put some thought into everyone, I think, which uh, I, I respect. Actually, his one, I, you know, his one picture, that free candy, cracked me up. I thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. And then he also had those cryptic ones like the... Lord of the Sharks or whatever the fuck that was. I like that one. Yeah, that where one, you're fucking was, the shark. Yeah, the one where I was just humping fucking the, the ventricles of the shark or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was great. You know, but um, you know, ever thanks thanks to everybody for uh, you know entering the contest and taking the time to uh, put the pictures up and we got the picture size so people can check it out. But yeah, Redfield came in first and B came came in second and we're gonna be sending out prizes. Uh, in the next couple weeks. <laughs> it takes me a while, but I'm going to get you something good. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, people, also, thanks for subscribing on iTunes and leaving us all of those flattering comments. Um, we need more, so keep leaving us more. Just sign up under different aliases. Get a new credit card. Like, maybe get five credit cards. Get, like, just... 17 laptops and yeah, subscribe and on each one. Keep subscribing. Just do that. Go, you know, go to, like, Best Buy. And subscribe on like 30 different laptops. All the computers, are, the display computers. Yeah, we, we love your support. And also, we already mentioned, but uh, check out the, uh, grab yourself a sick and wrong tee. They're cool. You can be like the uh, the coolest kid on your block wearing one of those. And we also appreciate your support in the show. You can order a sick and wrong tee 
right off our website at uh, at the store, sickandwrongpodcast.com. And remember, you're supporting a future Trucker Paul Sick and Wrong world tour. World tour, exactly. Finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week is a dedication. Um, and actually, you know, we should do a shot in tribute. This is a toast. Uh, one of my favorite punk performers, punk rock legend Lux Interior, passed on. Uh, just last week, on uh, Wednesday, February 4th, Lux Interior died of a pre-existing heart condition, quote-unquote, which I think means <laughs> coke problem. Yeah. But he was 62 years old. Real name's Eric Lee uh, Perkheiser. And uh, the Cramps are a great band, and are always one of my favorites. One of the best... One of the only bands I've seen multiple times, willingly. Dude, one of the best live shows. They always performed every Halloween here in San Francisco. And I've only, seen them. The only bands I've seen multiple times of them, Motorhead, Slayer, and that's it. Yeah, I've seen Slayer, Motorhead, and The Cramps. I've seen The Cramps like six times. And uh, last time I saw, you know, that's what's funny about it. Like, you know, he's 62 years old, and there's a lot of rockers that are like in their 60s, like Iggy Pop or Keith Richards. You're like, well, how do those guys keep surviving? Wheatgrass juice, bullshit. Dude, Keith Richards and Soy Iggy, products. You know, they're on like health regimens. Whereas like, you know, Lux Interior... That dude was still, like, when last time I saw him two years ago, he was guzzling a fifth of Jack Daniels. Well, he's you, the garbage man. <laughs> did you know he was doing blow or He's the what garbage you? man. Uh, yeah, you dude. can't sing garbage man and not be shoveling the garbage in. And so, and I think eventually what happens, I'm surprised he made it to 62, personally. Yeah. And, you know, even the most recent time I saw him was still climbing up on, like, 20-foot-high speaker Amps stacks. and stuff like that and jumping off in the crowd and screaming at people. It was one of the most explosive live performances I've ever seen. He's going to be missed. So let's do a shot here to uh, Lux Interior. Cheers. Rest in peace. We're going to end the show here. Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Let's get fucked up by the cramps dedicated to Lux Interior. People will be back next week with episode 162. Till then. Take it sleazy. Good night. Hey, baby, let's get fucked up. Let's get fucked up. Let's get fucked up. Let's do some
Slip on nocturnal shades Head down to amateur night Do some purple haze uh, Probably lose some fight Get by.